before we depart, I'm just curious to hear from a few of you what you experienced in that. Guided meditations don't often work for people, so that would be fine too. Hello? What happened for you in that practice period? There's the mic coming. Um, I, I didn't experience a period of impatience and, and contraction in my mind that I normally do. Uh, you know, a few minutes into a meditation, I'll start getting really contracted, and it just didn't happen this time. Hmm. I'm happy for you. <laughs> In here. Yeah, down here. I had the opposite experience, <laughs> impatient and contraction and like a lot of movement and uh, jitteriness. But I think um, I liked when you said, um, try to find some place of calm. So it didn't like this whole experience had to be one way or the other, but, mm. but there's some part of it that, so I think that kind of got me back yeah. into into it. That's often been the case for me that I try to do this and then things get activated and there's a process of letting go and process of purification. And if I tried to calm it down or be with it, I would get irritated. So I just tend to sit next to myself while I go through a process of restlessness or sleepiness and try not to make it more of a problem. It's just, okay, my body's feeling restless, my mind is letting something go or struggling with something. And I just have enough faith at this point to give it room. And at some point it works itself out. And then I don't have to, but when I was younger, I used to try to construct my freedom and it would make me very antagonistic to myself. So this teaching is not about, it's not about self-improvement. It's about stepping out of the whole selfing strategy. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else? You know, I experience this quite differently than when I sit because I think I um, have quite a bit of normally watching and kind of judging what's happening. So this felt very freeing. Hmm. I, yeah, it was quite different hmm. for me. To I not hear. watch and judge. Yeah. What's that? To be free of watching and judging. Yes, yeah. yeah. Or at least I would see it come, but I, would, I could let it go, I think, because um, I, I had that idea of, of just calming too, that that was um, what I wanted. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what usually is in my mind when I sit, yeah. but I I know I do get all wound up in how I feel it should be going. Right. So. And that and that's. Common.
common, and it's common to get attached to certain meditative experiences, certain settings, or be doing the practice to become something. Like, why would I put effort in if not to have a result? And this particular map begins to free us of that way of thinking. We probably start there, but more and more we're learning to be with what is and not get caught in the fashioning something else. And then what is that that way of inviting something to calm itself down without making it too much of a requirement and then getting caught, I'm just I'm producing something else, I'm attached to something else. Or just being adrift, I'm gonna sit down and be completely adrift. It's like, well, then I just run out patterns. I'm kind of just waiting out the clock because I really want to be doing something else. Like, well, it's not quite that either. So how do you allow yourself, invite yourself to be still, to be quiet, to be more intimate with the arising and passing nature of experiences, tolerate things as they move and shift. And then in that, find the body is unraveling itself, the mind's unraveling itself. You're not reinforcing one self that's better than another. And then things start untangling. Thank you, Temple. Um, I had this sort of burning question in my head the whole time I was meditating, which was really distracting. And it was about, am I doing this right at home? Like, I feel like I'm, I was like, oh, good, you're going to lead us, and then I'm going to have a template for doing it right at home because I'm always not sure I'm doing it right. <laughs> and what you just described is very much what I go through when I meditate at home. Yeah. And I think that I've been in a process of purification since I started this path, at least for a couple of years now. It's been pretty intense. And right. so that will come up every time. And all of what you were just describing... I think I go through, but then I lose the breath very often. I, I haven't been able to resolve how, because I, I have a rigid definition in my mind that samadhi is paying attention to the breath and not being distracted by all this other really deep emotional processing that goes on. And yeah. Plus, how do you pay rigid attention to the breath and pay attention to the changing nature, which always makes me uptight anyway. So, I'm just revealing how neurotic I am, I guess. But <laughs> I don't know. about. Can you just talk about the breath for a second? Yeah, well, there's, um, when I was younger, I tried to cling my way into <laughs> samadhi. And the mind fought back, and I fought harder. And I was just trying to get it into this concentrated box and it wouldn't get in but I would just keep wrestling with it and it fought back so much and there'd be times where I'd be so exhausted that I would just give up and I was like I'm way in the jungle of Burma I give up but it's so hard to get out of here I'm just gonna I don't even know how to get out of here so I would just hang out dejected and I would breathe a little bit and relax a little bit and find that oh it's not so bad just breathing, relaxing, okay, I'll stay. I'm just not very good at this whole enlightenment thing. Much lower agenda, sit up. Actually, it feels kind of nice just to breathe. 
oh, now I should go for it. Now I should become concentrated. <laughs> now I can feel it. I don't know what I was doing before, but now I get it. I could finally be that monk I've always wanted to be and like, oh, the glory of it. Oh, the Savior, I'm saved, I'm saved. I'm exhausted. I want to leave. I can't do this. It's too exhausting. It's too hard. There'd be this sweet spot between giving up and clinging where I would just be, be being with my breath. And some monks said, that's, <laughs> do more like that. When I was talking to Pauksaida, this you know, very patient man, very joyous. He had a lot of this inner um, joy that came out of him. He was always just puzzled looking at me like, why isn't this working yet? Why? <laughs> and I was like, I'm putting in my time. And he said, okay, I want you to practice breathing meditation just like this. So I paid really close attention to like, I didn't want to miss it in case it wasn't obvious. I was like, okay, you ready? And I was like, he's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, God, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> I will get there someday, just not today because it's not happening today. And more in a sense, and then just, you know, Puritan work ethic and a Germanic family line and growing up in New England and going to prep schools, whatever, just like, I didn't have any idea how to do this like whole like fuchsia section. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to just take that out because that's really foreign. And, and I I'll calm this body down, short breath, long breath, okay, I can do that. And this is like, eh, when's this ever going to happen? And then learning with the, uh, at this Pauk monastery where they're really amazing at their level of samadhi and insight to like take your time and really learn how to, how do you gladden your mind? And I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea. Pizza, like I, <laughs> what, what else do I got? Like, I don't know, some friends make me happy, but gladdening my mind, it's so unruly. It's so unhappy. It's so critical, like gladden it. That was a whole learning. How do you gladden the mind? Well, have longer cups of tea with the friends you like here in the monastery. I can do that. Does it gladden your mind? Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, I can do that. Great. Gladden your mind. Well, certain, I like to go for certain walks. But I always feel guilty when I'm doing it. No, go do that. Gladden your mind. Practice like this. Then practice started being a refuge rather than a work camp. And not one more thing to achieve, but one more thing to kind of like, oh, Calgon, take me away. It's like, ah, it's taking away the burdens. And like, ah, it's lovely. It's beautiful. This I could do. And then I began to see I was, I was caught in a Buddhist, dependently arisen selfing machine. And I was trying to cling and crave my way towards a self I wish I was. And I was really, you know, trapped in it, which got me to Burma, so it was good. But then at some point, it begins to show you that you can't get there. The doing, you can't do your own enlightenment. And so you have to start backing out of doing and constructing and get more into ease of being, relaxing, opening. 
And then you know, there's other work for contemplating arising and passing, guiding your attention. It might not go there automatically, so do some deepening your intimacy there. Cultivate your garden, but enjoy the gardening process, not just waiting for that final tomato to come out, but enjoy the whole process. And these 16 steps made no sense to me, but I thought one day that will click in. And now they are, you can cultivate them. And again, dependent origination freed me up from trying to become enlightened. And then I actually could relax more, and the relaxing more opened up more enjoyment and helped out the samadhi, which helped up the insight. So these two things can work together. Practical steps on one hand of deepening meditation. The old, you know, dependent origination is the big map. It's the New York to San Francisco map of how to cross the whole continent. And then how do you actually do that? You know, you're drawn to different parts of the path at different times, but gladdening, I mean, it could be a whole thing. Or non-production, not judging yourself, not doing meditation as a strategy to become something different. And when done well, that's why I think dependent origination is like a self-cleaning oven. When, it, when you understand it well enough, it cleans itself of selfing, <laughs> of the selfing that might have gotten in there to begin with. So, anyways, with that all concluded, um, just ending with a little loving kindness, a little sharing of merit. Um, may, this day, may this day really have been a benefit for you, and that's my heart, deepest longing for you, and that's my early holiday present to you. <laughs> And uh, may it have been inspiring and clarifying, and we're not, we'll come around again. There are other ways to have this conversation and to keep learning about it. It may not only touch you, but touch others. It may touch others knowingly, and you actually are conscious how a little more kind, a little more wise, a little more loving in your interactions with random people, with people you're close to, people you might have been angry with, who were saved from your wrath because you had insight, but also people. Your, uh, and even animals, cats and dogs and birds that sense you're a little calmer, you're a little less crazy, and they feel a little more hope for the world because they see you walking by. I hope that's the case. Okay. So may that be true. <laughs>